1: Your host Kim Balado and today we have a great show lined up for you. We are actually live in studio here at Oilfield Experts. And our guest today is John Tatera, one of the smartest guys that I know when it comes to oil and gas. He is the president currently of Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, but John just comes with a vast amount of uh, information when it comes down to oil and gas. He's also a licensed geologist as well. Some of the areas of his expertise revolve around upstream in oil and gas exploration, uh, transportation, production, uh, and this also includes conventional and unconventional reservoirs. As the former executive director with 22 years under his belt with the Texas Railroad Commission, he is considered to be one of the most premier oil fill regulators, well, in the nation, folks. John oversaw the entire regulatory process from drilling permits, compliance inspection, oil spill responses, pollution remediation, and pipeline transportation. So this man knows his stuff, and we are thrilled to have him as our guest today to answer your questions. If you want to call in and ask John a question, please feel free to call in to 210. 210- Again, that number is 210-526-3656. Now, let me just take a moment to tell you about our latest issue of Shell Magazine. The cover is Steve Keen, who is the Senior Vice President in Worldwide Exploration for the Apache Corporation. And David Blackman was able to catch up with him and cover Alpine High, located in the Permian Basin. This is a great company with an excellent story. I encourage you to read all about it at shellmag.com. Again, that's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. And lastly, I'd like to take a moment to invite you to join us at Texas Energy Advocates Coalition Day, better known as TEAC. If you want to know more about energy, attend Great Mixers, networking events, or board the bus as we head to the Capitol to advocate for all things energy, this is the group for you to join. And you know what? It's free. So look us up on Facebook at Texas Energy Advocates Coalition and join us today. Before we bring on our guest, John, please be sure to call in 210 And now it's time to welcome John Tatera, the president of Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. John, welcome back to this week's live show. Well, thank you so much,
2: Kim. And it's just a a pleasure to be here at Freedom 1160 and uh, talking to our listeners about the oil and gas industry. Uh, We are living in exciting times. There is an awful lot that is happening right now as I'm on the air. We have the 86th legislative session. We have a lot of bills that are coming in. Uh, Yesterday happened to be the last day to file uh, bills for the legislative session, and we believe that over a thousand bills were probably filed just yesterday. Wow. Out of all of those bills, one of the things the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers does for our 2,600 members is to go through every single one of them, identify the bills that could have an impact on their livelihoods, on their companies, on their freedoms, on their personal lives, and find a way to represent our membership in front of the legislature in order to make sure that the oil and gas industry continues to prosper in texas
1: very good well you know we do have a live show so there will be a lot of call-ins however and i'm sure a lot of them will probably be focusing on uh... you know this this session because we only go to session every two years so uh, obviously, uh, when our legislators are meeting, it's a very important time, especially for oil and gas. But before we jump into our callers, uh, I just want to talk a little bit about what has what has the alliance been up to? I know you guys just uh, had a wildcatter event in Houston. Tell me a little bit about that. Well,
2: one of the great pleasures that I have is being able to honor leadership in our oil and gas industry. And we just honor university lands out of the Permian Basin. Uh, Mr. Hauser, the chief executive officer. And we bring in a a lot of young students and we bring in a lot of... professionals and experts to listen to his words of wisdom and his projections on what the future might hold for us. And so we hold that quarterly there, Houston Wildcatters. And please go to our website uh, if anyone is interested in participating in that. That's texasalliance.org, www.texasalliance.org. Our next big event coming right up April 2nd and April 3rd. We're going to be having our expo in Irving, Texas, and we've got a tremendous lineup of uh, speakers. You know, we're going to be having keynotes delivered by uh, Commissioner Ryan Sinton of the Railroad. Road Commissioner, and we're also going to be having uh, an expert and Kenneth Hirsch come in and talk about energy capital management. And he's also president and CEO of the George W. Bush Center. We're going to have top industry speakers there. There's going to be likely a hundred different booths of service companies displaying their wares. It's a tremendous opportunity to network. April second, April third. Be there, be square. Please go to our website and join us.
1: Okay, so let's go back because uh, one of the things that you did. Didn't cover is the fact that when you have your wildcatter event, it's actually held in a you know something that's just right at my alley, the Houston Petroleum Club. It's beautiful. Uh, there's always a, it's a really nice event, uh, cocktail hour, and then of course you get to meet whoever you guys are honoring. A uh, pretty pretty fancy, but yet very nice event. Uh, and so I, I wanted to just kind of go back over it and make sure that you know everybody understood. Um. You know, what a great event. And do they have to be members to?
2: No, they don't. And uh, we are, in fact, it's one of the ways that we intentionally reach out to the larger community, bring them in. We frequently have media present through there. We had a Houston Chronicle reporter at the last one. They mm-hmm. like to cover this. They like to hear what these experts are saying and what they're saying to the people. It's a chance to shake hands, have a private conversation. It's really uh, one of the few opportunities to do some networking on a face-to-face basis with really some of the titans of the oil and gas industry.
1: What's the average ticket price, and and, and what do they, I mean, I know there's alcohol that they get for free, a couple of drinks, and appetizers, heavy appetizers.
2: And a wonderful buffet, and the ticket prices are the same they've been for the past five years. It's uh, $60 a person. Uh, We do not do this in order to turn a profit. We do this in order to be of a service, a service to our members, a service to the industry, in order to get the extremely good news that the oil and gas industry has brought to Texas and will continue to bring to Texas. Texas to get that good news out in front of the community and to give them an opportunity to shake hands and meet with some of the more important people that are making the decisions that right now are impacting the future of uh, oil and gas.
1: And then just covering quickly the Alliance as well, y'all's expo. Um, You guys partnered this year. Something's new about it. And so uh, tell me a little bit about who your new partners are? Uh, did you redesign the expo? And what can uh, let's say you have somebody who is trying to get into oil and gas? Is this a show for them to go to?
2: Well we would encourage exactly those people to come in and to join us at our expo and we are partnered with the independent petroleum association of america (IPAA). and the reason we are is we believe that there is a national need for this type of exposition this type of trade show these type of in very important conversations and talk and then listen to the presentations and so at whatever level you're at whether you're a student uh, whether you're an experienced professional Uh, whether you're in media or you're just interested in the topics in there, you really need to come and make sure you also catch our our webinars because we're going to be having a special economic panel that's predicting the future of oil and gas. Uh, We're going to be having uh, the chairman of the Drilling Information, Alan Gilmer, talking about how to consolidate data. Oh, he's a smart,
1: smart guy. He
2: really is. Uh, We're going to be talking about hedge funds for independents and how uh, an independent can actually save some money with some of the hedging that might be an opportunity. We're going to be having the IPAA come in and talk about the federal regulatory infrastructure that's being built as we're speaking and the dangers and the good things that it could do for the oil and gas industry. We're going to be having property transfer and acquisition because a lot of what happens in the oil field is properties changing hands. We're going to be putting in front of the people that come to this some of the most intelligent, articulate, and important topics uh, presented by speakers that really are experts in their field in an opportunity to try to raise everybody's experience of the expo, and give them an opportunity to not only meet the experts but act on the advice that they're given.
1: Very nice. Something for everybody. Well, let's jump into uh, our calls. We've got quite a few lined up. I'd like to welcome Line 3, Joe from Spring, Texas. I think his question is on pipelines. Joe, welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show.
0: Hi, Kim, and I'm glad to be here. Uh, My question is, uh, as we know, the natural gas pipelines are being blocked Uh, from being either constructed or operating by several states, such as New York. Uh, What are some of the reasons that these states are quoting as to why they're blocking this or these pipelines, and
2: how could we go about overturning this? Well, thank you. That's a good question. And I think one of the most important things to recognize is that politics and energy, particularly oil and gas energy, have been so intertwined over the past eight years that they're inseparable exactly. right now. And the political yeah. aspects of the individual office holders, uh, the individual state governments, the fact that they have banned in uh, New York hydraulic fracturing while in Pennsylvania, uh, they're uh, tr- gaining tremendous state revenue from hydraulic fracturing. All of this is playing a role in the efforts. It's also a coordinated effort. Uh, Let's not forget that, unfortunately, uh, accompanying a lot of these uh, uh, state blocking efforts come individual protesters, and with that can come some violence. And uh, we've exceeded that uh, repeatedly. And frankly, pipelines are one of the focuses in Texas of our current legislative uh, session. Because, let's face it, the uh, independent oil and gas industry, if we can't get our product to market, then it's not doing anyone any good, including our membership. So the question I see in front of us is how do we break through? And the way we break through is communication. To get right down and talk to the individuals, let them know their vote matters. And if they want reliable, inexpensive energy, then the pipelines are the best way to deliver that.
1: Well, you know, Joe, I'm going to ask, I know you are a huge fan of the show. You send us a lot of questions, and, uh, and you do participate in trivia. So I want to thank you for your listenership. We are going to go to a quick break, but when we return, I'd like for you to stay on the line so we can continue this conversation because pipelines are really, really important to the energy industry. So hang on, and we'll be right back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch radio show.
0: Oil Patch Radio Show is proud to bring you this week's Energy Minute, produced by shalemag.com. Here's Texas Railroad Commissioner Ryan Sinton with your current industry update. The Democrat-controlled Colorado Senate has passed its sweeping energy bill, and in effect, slowed down energy production. The bill fits in with the Green New Deal proposed in Washington, taking clear aim at energy production nationwide, including Texas, which is the nation's energy production leader. WTI closed the day at $58.49, up $0.23, cents, and natural gas closed at $2.85, a BTU up $0.03 cents on the day. Listen to In the Oil Patch Radio and keep up with the oil and gas industry online at shalemag.com.
1: And welcome back to End the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today is the CEO of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, John Tatera. And we're live in studio today taking call in. So I encourage you, if you have an oil and gas question or comment for John, please pick up the phone and call right now, 210-526-3656. And don't worry, no question is too complicated for John or Too Simple for John. So call in now. Um, But, you know, John, before the break, we were talking to Joe out of Spring, Texas, a very loyal fan to the show. And I'd like to bring him back on because we were talking about a very important topic, pipelines. And, uh, Joe, welcome back. Um, Are you still there? Thank you. Yes, I am. Thank you. Awesome. John, let's talk a little bit, move into uh, Texas pipelines here locally in Texas.
2: Well, Joe, one of the things that I wanted to mention to you is some of the risks that's associated with these policy decisions that are being made. And if you uh, are watching, say, another state like New York, uh, they're they're literally going to have to start rationing natural gas, and they're not going to be able to hook up their uh, buildings and their businesses to the natural gas and the inexpensive natural gas stream of energy that comes through. What we want to do is we want to make sure that doesn't happen here in Texas. It's very important that we recognize that here in Texas, uh, we must be able to get our product to market. And there's only so many ways that you can get bulk product to market. Or you can get it through pipelines, and pipelines are statistically the safest way to transport them. You can also get them through railroads. That's more expensive. And there are only so many rail lines, and frankly, we're not building a lot of new rail lines. Uh, the third thing that you can do is you can take it on the highway. And anybody that's have been up to the Permian Basin or works in the Permian Basin knows that that is, at today's uh, congestion, not a good option. So what we want to see is we want to see the opportunity to smoothly integrate pipeline construction so we have the takeaway capacity, we can keep the Texas Miracle alive, keep the prices of our products reasonable to our consumers, but get our product to consumers. That being said, there's a couple— Joe, and and that being said, I would recommend that uh, uh, everybody watch uh, this current Texas legislative session. There's a Senate bill, Senate Bill 421. Uh, I was on the Senate floor testifying about it on Monday. Uh, We're going to be testifying about it again next week. It's by Senator Korkorst out of Brenham. And in that, they are trying to address a very important topic, and that topic is eminent domain. And it is extremely difficult for anybody to build a road, uh, build a public infrastructure, build an airport, build rail lines, power lines, and build pipelines because you have to be able to use private property. And everybody would not like to have a superhighway in their backyard. Sure. We understand that. And so we're looking That's to find exact, the right path. Yes. Back- So, Joe, we're looking to find the right balance here. We're trying to work with Senator Kokorst and come up with a legislation that will be transparent, that will let the people that may be impacted by this get a good offer and get a reasonable offer for their property that's uh, market value and market-based and be available for them and, and have them know what their rights are because they're our neighbors, they're our friends. I have 2,600 members, and we care a great deal about the communities we live in and the communities we work in. On the other hand, while private property is a sacred aspect of Texas life, I would also say that minerals and mineral rights are a sacred aspect of Texas life, and we can't sacrifice the access to the minerals for the surface ownership, nor can we sacrifice the surface ownership for the minerals. Uh. We have to find a balance.
1: Exactly. Well, yeah. Joe, I would like to thank you for calling in today and thank you for your listenership. You know, of course. Yes. Thank you. Uh, you know, John, something strange is uh, Pennsylvania, to my understanding, they're actually having to import their natural gas from 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 Russia. Is that I, I believe I we covered that on a show in the past? And that should really be an eye opening experience. Uh, experience for all of us to understand what happens when we don't choose to place pipelines.
2: You bring up a very good point, Kim, because oil has always been recognized as an international commodity, right. but natural gas now is too. And all you have to do is look at the Port of Corpus Christi and the LNG That's facilities right. being built all along the coastal bend, as, as well as in uh, the East Texas coastline. And we are going to be seeing Texas dominate the export for liquefied natural gas and that is going to have a worldwide impact uh, for the good for the better it's going to eliminate much of the global poverty it's going to provide energy to places that have never really had that opportunity before with it though is going to come some of the international insecurities that come with global marketing and global commodities Uh, so the need for a balance of trade The ability of the United States to capture market share, the ability of the United States to responsibly produce our natural gas and our oil and get it to our consumers is something that we far exceed countries like the Soviet Union. Uh, Their environmental record is, frankly, nothing to be proud of compared to the Texas environmental record of oil and gas production.
1: Exactly. Let's try to get in a real quick question here before we have to go to break. Uh, Linda, you are uh, on live now. Where are you from, Linda? Linda. I was just calling uh, to get some information. I was interested in learning about the anti-infrastructure bill, SB 421. And I didn't know uh, too much about it. And what are the chances of it passing? Well, thank you. Thank you.
2: Well, the uh, Texas legislature is uh, really, uh, in in some pundits' minds, is designed uh, to not allow bills to be passed rather than get them passed. So it takes quite a bit of effort. You have to get both the Senate, and that's what Senate Bill 421 is. It's coming uh, out of a Senate committee right now, State Affairs Committee in the Senate. And then you have to get the House, and then you have to have a vote, and then you have to have the governor sign. So there's a lot of steps for it. Uh, the uh, uh, use of eminent domain, which is what it really is calling into question, is very important for the pipelines to be able to build their new capacity that will get the new production to the markets and uh, i would recommend that everyone follow it it's timely it's happening right now and the texas alliance of energy producers are the people to ask
1: Well, you know, John, truly, obviously, this is a hot topic because we've had the past two calls calling in on the same topic. So I'm glad we're covering it. Uh, We will be right back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show.
0: and Austin, the Texas Alliance is focused on a better business climate for you. The Texas Alliance has a staff consisting of highly experienced senior staff and supporting consultants serving our membership. Offices are located in Austin and Wichita Falls. Become a member today by visiting texasalliance.org or email us texasalliance at texasalliance.org. It's here, it's here, it's finally here. Mark your calendars and join us for a fun day of great golf and networking on Friday, March 22nd at the beautiful Hyatt Hill Country Golf Club for the San Antonio Pipeliners Association's 7th Annual Midstream Open Scramble. Registration opens at 7 a.m. and the first tee times at 8 a.m. For sponsorship information and how to join, please visit sapipeliners.org. That's S-A-P-I-P-E-L-I-N-E-R-S.org.
1: We're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. And our guest today is John Tatera, the CEO of Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, live in studio to answer your questions. Uh, if you have a question pertaining to oil and gas, this upcoming session, uh, want to know about the environment, water issues, I encourage you to call in and speak to John. He knows it all. The number to call in is area code 210 526 3656. Again, the number's Two, the number is two one zero five two six three six five six. So, John, you know we've had a lot of questions about this session. A lot of it pertaining to intimate domain, and. Um, uh, an anti-infrastructure bill like uh the last caller called in and had that discussion um and i want to get into it a little bit later on in the show as far as like what are the real problematic uh bills if, if we don't get all these questions but we are going to take another quick call uh we have bruce from ingleside bruce welcome to end the oil patch radio show what's your comment or question for john tatara yes kim uh, thank you guys for taking
2: my call um Our four questions have been going up and down. I'm trying to understand what this means for me since I do service to a lot of the old field companies. Do you think it will continue to be busy the way it's been, or can I expect a
1: slowdown? Oh, that's a good question. I think uh, did, you, did you bring your crystal ball? <laughs> because uh, y- y- you know it is going up and down, and 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 but I don't think it ever stabilizes. What what's your answer? What's your thought?
2: <laughs> well, I do have my crystal ball, and let me rub it a little bit and look deeply into okay. it. Okay. Uh, and and here's what I see: the greatest risk right now to the oil and gas industry is not from the international commodities and the international trading. The greater greatest risk is from overregulation within the United States, and that overregulation most likely come out of washington dc and so i would carefully watch the actions of our uh, national legislature our congress uh, both the senate and the house as well as our regulatory agencies and carefully uh, pay attention to the type of regulations that they are proposing because that is likely going to have the biggest impact on our business in our business structure there is demand for our product there's no doubt about that uh, there is not a worldwide recession, and our economist uh, that works for the Texas Alliance is not predicting one. What we're foreseeing is that we expect uh, to see the price of oil to be bouncing up and down uh, within a 3 to to $5 range for the next year. And we don't see any dramatic downturns, uh, neither do we see a dramatic upturn. But the wild card in this would be things like the Green New Deal and other <laughs> yes. fairly outrageous federal legislative efforts that could not only change the entire structure of the energy business away from regulated capitalism and into some unusual form of more of a socialistic approach to it, but simultaneously with that, divert a huge amount of funds away from very important projects in order to chase what has become a, a fairly politicized topic and that is climate change. So that is where I would be paying my attention to look for uh, uh, the uh, markers that might help you predict the future. Our Texas legislature fully recognizes the importance of oil and gas. Uh, I think you're going to see a legislative session that is going to be supportive of oil and gas and frankly appreciative of the many billions of dollars that oil and gas pays both into the rainy day fund, into our, excuse me, our severance taxes, and into a number of other of our school funds, et cetera. And we're going to see the legislature relying on those funds in order to help balance the budget. Well,
1: what is your personal thoughts, so though, John, on um, it, any chance that this Green New Deal might actually go somewhere? I mean, because that's scary. I mean, you just hear the media just talking about it. And even some of the Democratic platforms have come out against this Green New Deal. I mean, they're talking about getting rid of cows and, and no one would be flying anymore except, of course, the elite. Uh, How has this even gotten this far? I'm completely confused.
2: Well, it's... uh it's not an energy policy. It's much more of a political manifesto yeah. that's being presented to the American public. And uh, all you have to do is read it, and I'll refer everyone to page 6, where they say the intent of the New Green Deal in chap- subchapter E is to promote justice and equity by stopping, preventing future, and repairing historic oppression of indigenous people, communities of color, migrant communities, deindustrialized communities, depopulated rural communities, and onward. But That's not an energy policy. And the one of the best ways to help people that... Are trying to pull themselves up by their bootstraps is with reliable inexpensive industry of which hydrocarbons play the most fundamental role for doing that so uh, does it have an opportunity I would never say no and the reason is because the po- politics that have become so intertwined on this subject have really indicated that this will be pushed by the major parties so it is
1: something to be very concerned about Well, you know, John, uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we return, we'll pick up with our callers. Uh, I do want to encourage, if you are listening to the show and have an oil and gas question or comment, please call 210-526-3656. Again, that number is 210-526-3656. And talk to John Tatera.
0: Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that will keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us info at shalemag.com. Agreco has been powering the Permian Basin for over 10 years, supporting Permian producers with temporary power to get their product to market. When utility power is not available, Agreco is your reliable alternative. Agreco supports power systems as small as a single 200 kilowatt to as large as a 50 megawatt power plant. So when your utility power is delayed, call on Agreco to engineer a diesel, natural gas, or battery solution to fit your needs. We have immediate availability right here in the Permian Basin. Call 1-800-AGRECO or online agreco.com.
1: The vision of the Women's Energy Network is to be the premier organization that educates, attracts, retains, and develops professional women working across the value chain. Also known as WEN, our mission is to develop programs that provide networking opportunities and foster career and leadership development of women who work in the energy industry. Join today by visiting womensenergynetwork.org slash Houston or call 1-855-390-0650. The Women's Energy Network, empowering women in energy.
0: Remember this name, Oilfield Experts, to locate any part, anytime for your automotive or oil equipment needs. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us for the right part right now. Write down this number, Oilfield Experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. And visit us on the web at theoilfieldexperts.com.
1: And we're back uh, in the Oil Patch Radio Show. Our guest today, live in studio, is John Tatera, CEO of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers. Uh, John, we've had some great calls today. I feel we really have gotten uh, a lot of different calls from different areas. And now I want to take another call. It is Byron in Atlanta. Byron, welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. What's your question or comment for John Tatera?
2: Well, thank you, Kim, for... uh taking my call. I'm just curious about maybe what's going on in the legislature there in regards to water. I've heard about tax incentives. I've heard about all the debate. And I was just curious about an update on that.
1: Very important topic. And uh, John is definitely an expert in this area. John, go ahead.
2: Well, thank you. And uh, water in two ways is probably the lifeblood of the oil and gas industry. One is it does take water in order to drill oil and gas wells and in order to produce those, in order to stimulate those through hydraulic fracturing. And the access to that water is important. And the preservation of that water, the recycling of that water, the reuse within the oil field is important. The other part of water is that water is produced when you drill an oil and gas well. It comes up with the oil from the ground and that produced water and the disposal of that produced water, is also vital and very important. You're going to see several legislative efforts that I think are to be admired coming up in this legislative session uh, in the Texas 86th. One of them is going to be an effort to try to start, begin creating incentives, opportunities for people to uh, take a severance tax break that will allow them to bring the economics that are necessary to take saline, salty, produced water, naturally occurring from deep within the earth, clean it, treat it, filter it, distill it, and reuse it in many ways, uh, particularly back in the oil field. And Texas is blessed with a regulatory framework right now that really allows that to happen. However, you're going to see more coming in. I'm currently writing a white paper uh, with uh, some uh, think tank authors Uh, that's going to be on the nexus of produced water and the regulatory framework and what needs to happen in the next 10 or 15 years. Uh, What we're seeing as we're looking down the future for produced water is there's a tremendous opportunity for this water with the current technology to be reused in many ways. There's already opportunities that there's tremendous opportunities for uh, us to reuse that water in, oh, say, uh, uh, some non-edible crops for agriculture, and test pilot projects are already being conducted for that. Uh, you're going to be able to see the mining of uh, uh, precious minerals and metals and he- special metals and heavy metals out of that produced water and secondary markets be created. You're going to be able to see the 8 billion barrels of produced water that are disposed of every year to have opportunities to divert those to more beneficial uses. And if you look way down the road, if you look way far ahead in the future, I think the time is now to begin saying, what are the studies that need to be done? What, are, what does academia need to look at? What do the toxicologists need to look at where can we find opportunities to use this produced water wherever we're seeing droughts come. Because while Texas is fortunate right now, and by the way, so is California, they are out of their drought stage. That two years ago, they said would last forever because of climate change. Well, California is no longer in drought. Uh, When you start seeing that produced water has an opportunity to begin filling very important niches, that after treatment and after safe testing, you'll be able to reuse that in many ways. I think that that's an opportunity that we cannot forsake and all you have to do is look at a city like Wichita Falls that four or five years ago their reservoir ran dry and they literally had to go toilet to tap and take the effluent that was coming from their water treatment plants put it right back in their reservoir mm-hmm. and not send it back downstream and when you see that kind of projects coming then you can recognize that there is a role for safely treated and fully tested Water that might have an oil field origin, but there are safe uses for it that I believe can be used outside of the oil fields. So we're also going to see opportunities for federal delegation of authority, federal permitting to come to Texas and our Texas regulators to do that federal permitting. And all of these are going to circle around two things. They're going to circle around the acquisition. Of fresh water they're going to circle around the reuse and the treatment of produced water and they're going to include some talk of incentives and i think these are very important conversations to have that was an excellent question
1: well you know john i think you're right because water is such a touchy topic for most americans period and and even if we didn't have a water shortage i think there's just many many of us that have a. Uh, this way of thinking that it's wasteful. We need to learn how to recycle and do things better. So, um, with with the operators, I truly believe the operators themselves they see it, they get it, and they're moving towards creating new technology that allows them to take better uh, advantage of the recycled water, take it from one frac to the next frac. And, and that wasn 't really uh around when when shale first began and and so as the energy industry is is evolving you 're starting to see that this they 're trying to figure out ways to be more energy efficient and even efficient on our precious resources as well kim you 're
2: absolutely right, and frankly it 's not just people in Texas that are noticing this i 've had at least a half a dozen serious conversations with venture capitalists and out-of-state money mostly from the east coast that wants to come in and invest in water infrastructure in the state of texas and invest in produced water management in the state of texas and we're not talking about a single well here or a single injection well there we're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars of venture capitalism that could be flowing into texas
1: i would agree it happens it whatever texas does everybody we're we're the leader the nation tends to follow us Um and so with that being said, we are going to get ready for a break. When we come back, I do want to just kind of round out our uh, upcoming session, some of the bills that might be worrisome for you some of uh, and for the industry. And then, of course, you know, what can we do to get involved as the community, if necessary, to talk about uh, – Stopping possibly potentially bad bills that would harm actually Texas as a whole um, instead of just the oil and gas industry. But we we will take a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show.
0: Remember this name, Oil Field Experts, to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oil field equipment needs. Oilfield Experts specialty is those hard to find oilfield parts for your fleet maintenance needs, and we've been providing those parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us for the right part right now. Write down this number, Oilfield Experts 210 471 1923. Again, that's 210 471 1923, and visit us on the web at theoilfieldexperts.com.
1: Hi, this is Kim Bilotto, host of In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Starting every second Saturday of the month at 2 p.m., we will have a live call-in show in which John Tatera, the president of Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, will be joining me in studio to answer all your questions. So be sure to take advantage of getting your most important oil and gas questions answered live and join us on the show. The call in live line is 210-526-3656. Again, the call in live number is 210-526-3656. Be sure to call in at 2 p.m. If you want more information on how to call in live or the phone number again, be sure to email us at radio at shalemag.com or just go to our Facebook page in the Oil Patch Radio Show you'll find the information there as well. we're back. You're listening to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host, Kim Bilotto, and today we have been joined in studio by the CEO of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, John Tatera. And John, we've spent quite a bit of the show taking in calls, and I was really hoping that some of our callers would call in on session, uh, this upcoming session, because oil and gas is just, it's vital to our state, our state economy. Everything is good when oil and gas is good in our state. And I want to take an opportunity with our last segment to really try to cover what what are some of the good and the bad things that you feel are coming down the pike this session and we'll close out with uh, our Texas Energy Advocates Coalition for people who want to get involved and help um, they can certainly go to our our website which is txenergyadvocates.com so What are the good and the bad that you're worried about that's keeping you up at night, if you will, this coming – this session?
2: Well, I would say every keen observer of the Texas legislature that has an industry that they're trying to promote and protect and keep strong is going to have really two parts of what they're going to watch out for. The first is uh, anything that's going to raise taxes on their industry – uh, and uh, our, our stance is the oil and gas industry certainly pay or, pays its share of taxes uh, almost ten billion dollars uh, paid uh, in uh, 2016 we average almost 26 million dollars a day in taxes uh, Our uh, oil and gas industry supports about 40 percent of the state's economy we pay our taxes What the legislature decides to do with those taxes is their decision. It's up to the elected officials. We would respectfully request that they use that money wisely, that they use that money to invest in Texas, and that they don't raise the taxes or the fees or the cost of doing business. And I say that because while there is good money and good jobs in the oil and gas industry, the days of boomers and busts, Uh, Has not disappeared, and you are going to see a cyclic nature uh, in the oil and gas industry And while the current unconventional reservoirs are something that I really respect their ability to manage The rig count which is now at five five hundred eleven five hundred and twenty rigs running in Texas uh, There is more to the oil and gas industry than just the rig count because the production that comes from that Is going to last for the next 20 or 30 years uh we recently shattered the oil and gas production on a daily basis 4.3 million barrels per day is what texas is putting out the last record was all the way back in 1972 of 1.2 uh, million barrels per day so we're looking to make sure that our tax money is used wisely and part of that is reinvesting into a strong state regulator One of the biggest risks I see is federal overreach into the Texas oil fields. And I've seen it happen. I saw it happen in hydraulic fracturing. And I see it currently happening with emissions and with the so-called greenhouse gas concerns that are being raised. And I think having strong, well funded state regulators is one of the most important aspects. So you'll see the Texas Alliance supporting the budgets of our Texas regulators, the Railroad Commission of Texas, the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality, the Texas Water Development Board, the Texas Department of Transportation. We want those state agencies to be well funded. The next thing is when you start looking at the policies to be developed, what we ask for is we look for incentives, not mandates. We would like to craft a framework where companies have the opportunity to participate but are not required necessarily to participate in every idea that the legislature might think is something that can help advance the ball. So, incentives, not mandates, and please use the tax money wisely. Now, along those lines, you're going to see some specific bills that are coming up. And one of those is going to be the overall appropriations bill. One of the parts of the appropriations bill that you're going to see a lot of talk about is how are we going to fund improving our infrastructure, particularly improving our roads. And you're going to see a couple of different uh, uh, camps uh, develop with that and opportunities. One, we might look at a one time $500 million rainy day fund assignment to go to counties to try to help counties with their roads. Uh, The second one uh, might be a percentage of the severance tax to try to go to county roads. But I think there's a recognition that while stock can take care of the state roads, we also have counties out there that could use some help with their infrastructure too. We want to be good neighbors. We live in the communities that are impacted by our trucks and by our activities and by our jobs. So with that being said, I think we can take a lot of uh, pride in ensuring that in some way our Texas legislature diverts the existing funds and tax revenues in ways that can help the broadest swath of Texans as possible. So uh, we, heard, we talked about water. I think that incentives are a perfect example, uh, particularly for recycling of water and reuse of water. I think you'll see some legislation with that. I think you'll see some opportunities for the Texas legislature to take a stand on saying We want Texas to be regulated by Texans and looking to try to get what is now a federal government bureaucracy at the Environmental Protection Agency and other agencies that's listening to the states to get them to recognize we want to try to transfer federal authority as much as possible to the state and to the state regulators so that Texas can be regulated by Texans.
1: Exactly. You know, um, I want to uh, close down the show with, of course, giving uh, the Texas Alliance, uh, anyone who is listening and want to become a member, they need to go to the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers website. There's their membership information on there. Uh, Hopefully we inspired some advocates to get involved, get engaged. They can sign up for free at TX energy advocates coalition which is better known for teak and you know john it's a fun group because we do mixers we do uh events uh and they stay in the loop with everything that's important to oil and gas as well um and so you know every single month you come to san antonio and we tape live here we're actually you know live in studio taking your questions so i do hope that our listenership will put it on their calendar for uh it's every second saturday of the month that they can call in and and talk to you directly that's all the time we have thank you for joining us today you're listening to in the oil patch radio show
0: in the oil patch is where together we explore topics that affect us all in oil gas business and in your community every week your host kim balotto will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry you'll hear from industry experts elected officials and many more right here on in the oil patch